This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. At Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers, incredible offers, and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krupnik, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Security for me, but not for thee. Armed men and women with guns protecting me, but not you. That's if you're Representative Cory Bush, of course. Oh, yes. I'm going to make sure I have private security, but defunding the police, that does need to happen. Because God forbid you need people with guns to protect you. Hey, good afternoon. How are you? It's me, Rich. Great to be with you this afternoon. Thank you for joining my podcast, subscribing, liking it, hopefully leaving a nice review. Remember, if you're getting this through the Zioli Show podcast that you get every day delivered to you, you'll have to take the extra step starting next week and subscribe to me directly. So please do that. I'd appreciate it. Just search the name. Z-E-O-L-I. Easy to do. All right. Uh, yeah, Representative Cory Bush. This is insane. This is nuts. This woman is crazy. I don't It's amazing how these people become Congress people, isn't it? I mean, craziness. So she told CBS News the police need to be defunded, despite the fact that she's paying thousands of dollars for her own personal security detail. She slept outside the Capitol this week to protest the first eviction moratorium that was put in place. The end of it, I should say. Uh, but then she's she's been spending $70,000 on private security. $70,000. Yeah, I know. This is exactly the kind of thing that makes people hate politicians so much, right? Makes them hate politicians so incredibly much. All right, here's a little bit about what she said. Take a listen. The thing... I won't let them get that off. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets. You see? All right, so let's understand that now. She'll spend whatever it takes to make sure that she's okay, she's safe and secure. But we're going to defund the police because you don't have a right to be safe and secure. Got it? Good. I'm glad we all got it today. This is insanity. This is what I mean about the left. They they really have no way to ever even uh, somehow justify their hypocrisy. I don't even think they see their hypocrisy. I have private security because my body is worth being on this planet right now. Claiming a white supremacist, racist narrative is trying to stifle her. Huh? Huh? What are you talking about? Uh, I... (laughs) Oh, these people, it's rich, isn't it? It is rich. 
I think it really comes down to the fact that for Democrats, they really do believe that they're better than you and smarter than you. And certainly if they can make it all the way to Congress, well, then they're definitely better and smarter than you. So they definitely need to be protected. Lots of Capitol Hill police around them, their own private security guards around them, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. You, though, eh, eh. I mean, what is your life really worth anything? If you had any value, wouldn't you be there in Congress with them where all the smart people are? Right? I mean, you don't have any value in your life. Why should you expect that there would be people with guns who could come and save your life if you need them? Huh? Also, she's crazy. She took part in uh, trespassing on Mark McCloskey's property and threatened the family. Mark, uh, Mark McCloskey's the guy who had the, uh, he held up the gun. Remember, he was pardoned recently. So she also threatened him. Now listen to this a little bit, courtesy of uh, Grabian. Governor of Missouri, a Republican, has pardoned Mark and Patricia McCloskey, who were famously photographed pointing guns at protesters during June of 2020 in those demonstrations in St. Louis. You were actually among the marchers who encountered the McCloskeys that day. Mark McCloskey at the uh, Republican convention called you the Marxist liberal activist leading the mob through our neighborhood. What is your reaction to this pardon? It is absolutely unbelievable. There are other people that should, that there are pardons that we have been asking for, pardons that actually should happen in Missouri, and that was not one. That was not one. They stood there, they pointed their guns, totally reckless, to a group of nonviolent protesters walking down a street that had no clue that they lived there, didn't care that they lived there, didn't know them, didn't want, didn't want to know them didn't want to know them. Mark McCloskey is an absolute liar. He has spat on my name. And and because of that, his day, his day will come. You will not, you will not be successful in all that you're trying to do when you are hurting the very people that are out trying to save lives. Nothing good comes from that. And he can try it, but I will not stand by and allow him or our governor to hurt the very people that are doing the work that they should be doing. So, that was, there are other people, Governor Parson, that you should be looking at. We have an activist that's been sitting for such a long time, sitting, do something, actually show up and be a, the governor of all the people of Missouri, not just those that follow your type of politics that actually hurt black people, that actually hurt brown people, that actually hurt people who are unhoused, that actually hurt our LGBTQ community, that actually hurt people who are of the Muslim faith, people who are are struggling in this country and people that are burdened differently than you. Stand up and be the governor of everybody. It's ridiculous. Congresswoman, uh, obviously, look, you feel very strongly about this and we appreciate you. you uh, now, let me ask you a question. First of all, I have no idea what she's talking about. Secondly, uh, what if her private security guards aim their guns at somebody or just hold them out like the McCloskeys were doing? Just hold them. If Representative Bush's security guards, her armed security that she spends $70,000 a year to make sure she's protected, her life is protected, if they stand there holding their guns, if there's, say, a group of, say, MAGA people walking down the street or maybe people with tiki torches and khaki pants, would that be okay? Would she feel safe on that? Now, the feud between Governor Ron DeSantis and the White House is heating up. And by feud, I mean Governor DeSantis is showing America that he's going to stand up to this administration and he's one of the few that's going to do so. And good for him. Now, he was also threatened today. Education Secretary Cardona also threatened 
Governor DeSantis today in a backhanded sort of way. I mean, these, you know, they're, they're never actually brave enough to actually really do any threats, but it was enough of kind of a backdoor way. Now, remember, DeSantis has said, not going to allow masks on our children. Parents want to put a mask on them, that's fine, but we're not going to impose it on kids. Good. I wish I lived in Florida just for that kind of freedom. I really do. I wish I lived there for that, for a lot of reasons, but mostly that and the weather and also the weather. But because of that, then the White House said, listen, if you're not going to lead, get out of the way. And he came back and he said, don't even tell me, don't even talk to me about the idea of, uh, of, of, of anything regarding COVID until you secure the border. Thousands and thousands of people streaming over the border. Saki was asked about that today. We'll get to that in a second. But here's what uh, the education secretary said today to Governor DeSantis. Take a listen to this. Every day. Kids at this point have gotten used to wearing masks, my children included. Right. What is your message to governors like Governor DeSantis in Florida and Governor Abbott of Texas who have banned mask mandates? You know, don't be the reason why schools are interrupted. Our, our kids have suffered enough. Let's do what we know works. Let's do what we know works across the country. Uh, we shouldn't get poli- politics. Should, doesn't have a role in this. Educators know what to do. Uh, we did it last year. So uh, I have calls out to those states. But at the end of the day, I want to work with Texas. I want to work with Florida. I want to make sure those students have access to in-person learning. Um, so at the end of the day, we're all in this together. And it's critically important that we have conversations with governors directly, with state chiefs directly. We want to be uh, an ally and make sure that we're supporting our students. At the end of the day, we're talking about students being in classrooms. They, they've suffered enough. It's time for, for them to be in the classroom without disruption to their learning. Don't be the reason why schools are closed. Meaning what? The Department of Education will do something about it? Or are you trying to suggest that little kids without face masks are going to become COVID super spreaders, which has never happened and won't happen, by the way. Not this fall, not next fall, never, because kids are not spreading this virus. If anything's going to happen in schools, it's going to be teachers who are unvaccinated or I guess potentially vaccinated, they're saying now with these with these breakout cases or whatever they're called, uh, bring it into the building. It's not going to be the kids, or maybe it'll be the kids when they leave school and they go to their friends' houses and they're climbing all over each other and slobbering all over each other. You ever see kids on the schoolyard after school or kids in sports practice or, 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 or just hanging out, playing whatever the kids are playing today, the Xbox, or maybe they're going old school back with the Atari again. Who knows? Joe Scarborough actually told Democrat Senator Dick Durbin that there's a growing health care crisis on the border and COVID is spreading there like wildfire. Wait a second. Are we actually reaching people like Joe Scarborough now? Is the message that the border is a public health emergency actually reaching people like Joe Scarborough? Huh? I mean, did I start the show today by saying that I can't believe I'm agreeing with Keith Oberman when Keith Oberman said, that Chris Cuomo, the lesser Cuomo, should not be on CNN right now because he can't cover his brother. He should take a leave of absence. And I said, wait, is this Freaky Friday? How, how is this possible? Now I'm saying, is Joe Scarborough making sense? No, this has to be a temporary blip, right? But I'm glad he's saying this. Take a listen. Well, and, and, and Senator, it seems it demands America's immediate attention as well. There is a humanitarian crisis on the border. There's a growing health care crisis on the border. Uh, there are obviously people uh, that are showing up that have COVID. It's spreading like wildfire there. 50,000 uh, migrants allowed into the United States. 
uh, with a court date, but uh, no, no belief by many that they're going to get that court date. Uh, the question is, how do we stem the flow of uh, these Ill illegal immigrants uh, into the United States in a way that not only protects our border, uh, but also uh, alleviates this humanitarian crisis for the next wave coming to the border and alleviates a health care crisis that is disproportionately impacting those people at the border. Well, first, Joe, there is no excuse uh, for allowing people to come to, to this country that pose any danger to those of us who live there. Well, but they are posing a danger, and that's why Florida and Texas are reporting massive surges in cases. Is anybody going to connect those dots that we're talking about cases surging in those states? And we also have this massive immigration problem. California's cases are surging, too. Are we going to focus on the fact that people are coming over the border illegally and they're bringing COVID with them? It's like every day is Groundhog Day with these people and they don't see it. Oh, speaking of Groundhog Day, Spirit Airlines canceling more than 100 of its flights on the fourth consecutive day. Did you see that dude who got duct taped to his seat? <laughs> I mean, the guy's flying out of Philly, of course. Philly to Miami, and they duct taped him to his seat because he was getting all grabby. He was pulling a Cuomo with the, with the flight attendants. Uh, maybe he didn't realize the culture had changed. Like Cuomo, maybe when he was grabby with them, he didn't realize that cultural differences, cultural mores have changed. You can't really do that anymore to flight attendants. I guess that would be his excuse if he was channeling Governor Andrew Cuomo. But yeah, the guy got all grabby and he started punching some dude. He was fighting with him. He was all drunk on the flight. So they duct taped him to his seat. Look, there's worse ways to travel, honestly. Being duct taped to a seat is not as bad as... I mean, they could have put him in the baggage compartment, I guess. I, I don't know. What, what's the other option? You throw the guy out of the flight? They were investigating the, the, the crew. And, uh, and the airline said, well, listen, it's Frontier Airlines, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little pro tip right now, all right? And maybe I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I don't care. It's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. Uh, Spirit and Frontier are awful ways to fly. They are the terrible ways to fly. They're cheap, though. That's the thing. They're cheap, and I'm cheap. And so I like to fly them because I'm cheap, but it's not a good way to fly. It really isn't. In fact, we're going to drive to Myrtle Beach when we go see Mama Zioli and Papa Zioli uh, in a week and a half because I, I don't I don't want to deal with the flying right now. I really don't. No interest. I'll I'll end up being the guy duct taped to a seat, not for being grabby with a flight attendant or punching a dude, just because I, I'll just wind up saying something snarky. And these days, that's all it takes for you to get in trouble on a flight. Everybody's temper is so just... Every, you notice that nowadays everybody's like on pins and needles? There's just such tension out there these days. I think it's because of the masks. I do. I think... You have lack of oxygen going to your brain. And it winds up like parts of your brain that are the primordial lizard brain parts wind up lighting up because you're not getting enough oxygen or something. I'm making this up. I have no idea. This is not scientific at all. Don't, don't tell anybody I said that because it's not a – I don't know what I'm saying. All I know is that I do think that the lack of oxygen is making people cranky. I, that we can agree on. Whether it's your lizard brain or not is for a different show. Actually, for never for a show. That's not, I'm not a science guy. I'll leave that to Maz. All right, so that's where things are with that. They duct tape this dude to the seat. Do you think that's wrong? Should they not have done that to the guy? They were investigating the flight crew, and then they said, well, we stand by the flight crew, because what else were they going to do? I mean, what, what were they supposed to do? It would be fun, though, to throw a, a passenger out of a plane. Take this parachute. <laughs> Good luck. Maybe you'll learn your lesson next time. Uh, also, don't fly spirit, cheapo. I guess that could be a thing, too. 
just pay for an actual airline. Uh, the White House press briefing today, Jen, speaking of snarky comments, Jen Snarks, again, was asked questions about uh, DeSantis. Governor DeSantis standing up to the White House. Good for him. He said, I'm going to stand in your way. I played you this clip yesterday. I'm going to stand in your way. If, you, if you're coming for our kids, if you're coming for our freedom, I'm going to stand in your way. Because the White House said, move out of the way. And he said, no, I'm going to stand in your way. Let me play it again for you just in case you don't remember. Why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. Boom. I like that. That's good. Well, the White House is not happy with that, as you can imagine. They don't like when anybody stands up to them, especially DeSantis, who may be running for president. So today, Jen, Jen Sark, Snark, Saki was asked about that. Take a listen. The recommendation of his uh, secretary of defense. Thank you. Also, on the COVID front, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is now fundraising off of President Biden's uh, comments for him to, quote, get out of the way of people trying to help battle the COVID surge in that state. DeSantis has said... Standing in your way, not going anywhere, refers to the president as a power-hungry tyrant. What is your response to the governor and the administration's response to the governor? And is the president considering reaching out to DeSantis to talk this over? Well, first, um, from day one, uh, we've approached this not as a political issue, but a public health issue. Uh, We remain in touch with officials in Florida, just like we're in touch with officials from around the country, about how we can provide assistance from the federal level to help address this public health crisis. Uh, what What I have cited and what the president has cited is publicly available data about public health and the impact in Florida. It is factual and it is a fact and data that you all are aware of that 25% of hospitalizations in the country are in Florida. It is also a fact that the governor has taken steps that are counter counter to public health recommendations. So we're here to state the facts. Like what? Frankly, our view is that this is too serious, deadly serious, to be doing partisan name-calling. That's what we're not doing here. We're focused on providing public health data, information to the people of Florida to make sure they understand uh, what steps they should be taking, even if those are not steps taken at the top of the leadership in that state. Go ahead. Thanks, Jim. What what is she talking about in terms of of what is exactly is Florida doing that's putting people in danger? DeSantis, who is vaccinated, he's vaccinated, and he also has been encouraging seniors to get vaccinated, has done more to save the seniors population than any other governor and that's a fact and that's why they hate him because he highlights the the fact that Cuomo is such a failure Cuomo who is going to be president and all these nursing home deaths and and DeSantis save people's lives and they and they hate him they hate him for it but cases in Florida yes there are cases going up how much of that is tied to illegal immigration can we get to the bottom of that please we have a public health crisis at our border when are we going to talk about that At the White House press briefing today, the education secretary, after he was done threatening Florida, he refused to commit to in-person learning this fall. Now, remember something I've told you for a long time. The Democrats are controlled by the teachers' unions. Teachers' unions own the Democrat Party, period. Whether it's the NJEA or the NEA or it's the Pennsylvania Federation of Teachers, name your union. They are in the pocket. The Democrats are in their pocket. They own them. And when it comes to keeping schools open this fall, they don't want to. They want to be remote. The teachers' unions want to be remote. Randy Weingarten wants to be remote. And they'll use whatever excuse they have. And as a parent, I'm worried about it, although I have a great great school and good people there. But I worry about the orders coming down from the governor. I worry about the, the, the governor coming down to keep his masters at the teachers' union happy. 
But given the fact that we know how to keep kids safe, given the fact that we've got teachers being vaccinated, can we all agree that schools should be open in the fall? I think so. Can the education secretary commit to that? Well, can he? Can he? Is there anything metrics wise or numbers wise, threshold wise that you would look at and say, all right, maybe in person is not the best answer right now, even if the year gets started? Or is it in person no matter what we have the mitigation? You know, we know what works. And yes, we're looking at the metrics and obviously in close consultation with CDC and local health directors, because there are many local factors that contribute to whether or not a school should be open. Um, we're going to continue to monitor it. We're going to continue, continue to work with states. We're going to continue to monitor and continue to work with states. Why not come out and say there is no reason why schools should not be able to open this fall? Why not that? Why can't you say that? Just say it. Just say it, please. I feel like Sam Kinison right now. Say it. Say it. Just say schools can be open. It's not that hard. Please just say it. Come on. I think, too, as uh, we look at the fall coming and more of Fauci warning about new variants and everything else, have you heard the White House discuss China? Has anybody talked about the lockdowns that are going on in China? Has anybody brought this up and said, you know, uh, I'm just saying maybe there's something going on here that we should talk about. Maybe there's something we should look at here in China because the fact is that they've shut down their entire country again, again. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Uh, Jen Psaki was asked today about Representative Cory Bush, who said, the guns for me, not for thee. Security for me, but not for you. All right? You don't get security. I get security. That's what she said today. You don't deserve it. I deserve it. I have to be safe. My life matters more than you. You're not that smart. You're not that good. You're not worth it. I'm worth it. You're not worth it. So Jen Psaki was asked about that today. Remember, Corey Bush says, I'll spend whatever it takes that I'm safe, but we are going to defund the police. That kind of hypocrisy is insane. What did Saki say? Democratic Congresswoman Cori Bush is saying that she favors spending tens of thousands on private security to keep her safe. And that people should, quote, suck it up, defunding the police has to happen. Didn't President Biden say a few weeks ago that anybody who accuses the party of being anti-police is lying? Well, I think we shouldn't lose the forest through the trees here, which is that a member huh? of Congress, an elected official, Your party. is concerned that her Your life party. is threatened. Oh. And that's disturbing that any elected official would have to suffer death threats and fear for their life. So I'm not going to comment, of course, on their security arrangements. I don't have any more details on that. Uh, but I think we should start with that point first. I will. Let me stop it. Hang on. Nobody is saying she shouldn't have security. Nobody is suggesting that Representative Cory Bush should not be safe. She's the one suggesting that we shouldn't be safe. Who's saying that Cory Bush shouldn't have security? Me? No, I'm not saying that. Are you saying that? No. I want the members of Congress to be protected, but I want to be protected too, both from my police department and also my ability to be able to have my Second Amendment rights fully and unconditionally. But the problem is that people like Cory Bush don't. They think they should be protected, but not you, not me, and certainly not your Second Amendment rights protected. That's for damn sure. Who's saying that she shouldn't be protected? If she's got death threats, it's terrible. I want her to be safe. Why doesn't she want me to be safe? How does she know I'm not getting death threats? Huh? 
say uh, that the president has been crystal clear that he opposes defunding the mm. police. Uh, yeah. He has said that throughout the cam his campaign for office. His record over the last several decades has made that clear. He has proposed increased funding for law enforcement and the COPS program, increased funding from his predecessor, who was, as you might note or be aware of, a Republican. So I'd note that his record is pretty clear on this. There may be some in the Democratic Party, including Congresswoman Bush, who disagree with him. That's okay. But I would say the majority uh, of Democrats, we've seen this in polling, and the majority of members uh, also uh, agree that we should not defund the police. Okay, but it's, your, but it's your party, though, and that's the point. It's your party. Your your party, who's still defunding the police? I'm just, I'm again, I'm pointing this out. It's got to be pointed out. It's your party. One more time, Representative Cory Bush. Want to hear it again? Let's hear it again. We should hear this again. The thing... I won't let them get that off. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life mm -hmm. and I have too much work to do. There are too many people I'm too important. that need help right now I, well, for me to My job matters. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars mm -hmm. on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police suck has it to up. happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets. Suck thing. it up if you I think that you look, look. Suck it up. Her job is important. You're just you're just you're not that important. She's good. You're not. That's like that Seinfeld episode. Why can't I get the Ted Danson plane? He's good. You're not. He's good. You're worse. Well, same thing with with Representative Cory Bush. She's very powerful, very smart, very not smart, but very important. You're not. All right. Now I, I tell you something too. It, it's really problematic for me what's happening at the border speaking of security our own nation is not secure and more and more every day we're getting more stories of people coming in here more more stories of people saying the border is not safe more stories of people coming in with covid positive covid just disappearing into the wild we don't know where they're going white house was asked about it today they dodged the question again at at what point are people going to say we have a public health public health crisis in this country and we have to do something about it because if we don't do something about it it's going to cost us a lot of money and lost lives we keep talking about people dying from covid well what about all the people in this country who are getting covid because people are bringing it in nbc news again lester holt i still can't believe that they went there but they went there and this is amazing. I'm Costello. Thanks. New record numbers at the southern border revealing the historic scope of mm -hmm. the migrant surge. See? Top Border Patrol officials tell our Julia Ainsley it's like nothing they've seen before. Despite scorching summer heat, tonight the record migrant surge is growing. 210,000 apprehensions by Border Patrol in July, a more than 20 year high. 19,000 unaccompanied children were picked up, mm -hmm. the largest number ever recorded. Ever. Here in the Del Rio sector, officials say hundreds of migrants have been packed under this bridge and they're worried about the spread of COVID. ICE is now stepping in to provide tests and even offer vaccines. And in the Rio Grande Valley, we saw a massive group of migrants kept under a bridge by those trees. Is this a breakdown of the system? This is not seasonal. I do think that uh, what we're dealing with is much different than what we've dealt with in the past. Deputy Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz telling us the Biden administration is now deporting more families who don't qualify for asylum. They're deporting families, but they're not stopping them from coming here. And that's the problem. And they said, well, they're talking about doing testing and offering vaccines. What does it mean to offer somebody a vaccine when they get to the border if they're already here and they have COVID? It's going to be too late, right? It's going to be too late. 
Come on. We got to do this. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. You know it is. It's right. I got a lot of requests for a little more uh, Love Gov Cuomo, but to be honest with you, I've got this like cold thing going on. Have you had this happen to you recently where you've either had cold or allergies and you sneeze in public and you got to go, oh, no, 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 just to, it's nothing. It's nothing. You feel like typhoid Mary. You know, you know what I mean? Because I, I was in the store and I sneezed and I always do the thing into my, into my arm. But I mean, I looked around. No, I promise it's just seasonal allergies or maybe a cold. I'm okay. I prom- I'm okay. Yeah, you feel as if you, you, you're walking around. It's like the scarlet letter S for sneeze. If you have, and people are getting colds again because, you know, masks are off and people around each other again. And that's what happens. Viruses spread. Imagine that, right? But I don't know. I always feel a little bit like, are they all looking at me? Are they judging me? Yes, they're judging me. Of course they are. Nobody wants to be around anybody who's sneezing anymore. That's for sure. But I, but no, it's just, you know what happens is that the kids are discussing germy little miracles and they bring all these colds and everything like that. And it's, uh, it's gross. You know what I mean? It's gross. There are many local factors, the education secretary said, that contribute to whether or not a school should open. Does anybody honestly believe that the, any other local factor besides the reliance of Democrats to get money from the teachers union? Is, 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 is does anybody think there's any other factor at play here? I don't. I know it's just that. I know it's that. So you heard that NBC News report. Today, the press secretary was asked if the Biden administration is releasing COVID-positive illegal immigrants into McAllen, Texas. They've declared a public health emergency in McAllen. Actually, you know what? I should finish that story because I, I, I cut that off because I had a sneeze. And I probably should have finished that because it's important to, for you to hear the whole story on that. So where was I with that? Let me go back to that here, and then you could you could hear the rest of this here. This is the public health emergency that's being declared here. Is now deporting more families who don't qualify for asylum. Friday, uh, we had our first flight of Central Americans in Northern Triangle countries uh, back speaking. to Central America. And these are family units. We met one-year-old Angel who slept under that bridge with his parents. They brought him here from Nicaragua in hopes of a better life. We didn't have anywhere to sleep. We had to sleep on the dirt itself. We put down a sweater and laid him down so he could sleep. Now they're heading to Miami, allowed to stay while applying for asylum. But tonight, the Biden administration is facing growing backlash over its border policies, including the recent unprecedented step of releasing 50,000 migrants into the U.S. without court dates. Eddie Guerra is the Hidalgo County Sheriff. It just doesn't seem that our officials in Washington are are listening to us, and and we all feel abandoned. Uh, We have a crisis down here. McAllen Mayor Javier Villalobos filing a disaster declaration. Last night, we had up to 1,800 immigrants come in, and Catholic charities can't handle it anymore. Meanwhile, immigration advocates are taking the administration to court for keeping COVID-19 restrictions that send some migrants back. Sending families with small children back to danger is not authorized by the law. And the numbers continue to rise. Border Patrol now stopping more than 5,000 immigrants crossing the southern border each day. Julia Ainsley, NBC News, Del Rio, Texas. And they've declared now this public health emergency in many of these towns. So, when you hear that they're sending these illegal immigrants that are crossing the border to Miami, does does it not prove a point that I raised earlier in this podcast, which is well, of course cases are rising in Florida. You're sending people there. We're assuming that all these cases that are rising in Florida happen to be a bunch of 
unvaxxed MAGA people, because that's what the media wants you to believe. But what if it's illegal immigrants who are coming there and they happen to have COVID because they've been in close quarters and they've been on the on this journey to America? And yeah, they're COVID positive and we didn't test them and we sent them there. And then we do test them. What happens then? Are we releasing them into Texas? Are we releasing them into Florida? Yes, we are. How do I know that? Because Jen Psaki admitted to it today. International travel policy. And that will be done through the prism of uh, providing consistent guidance, equitable guidance, digestible guidance. And there's a lot of confusion about what the restrictions are now. And you all have asked a lot of good questions about it because it feels inconsistent. And it is. Um, but that's what our focus is. So that uh, is, is certainly under strong consideration. But it is under a, um, a policy process review right now that I won't uh, get ahead of myself. Uh, as it relates to I know there was also reporting about the vaccination of uh, migrants. That's not what the CBP is doing. There are NGOs and other international uh, organizations who are vaccinating uh, migrants uh, as they come across the border and as they work in partnership with us. Certainly that helps keep a range of people safe in the in the country. But do you think that it's keeping people safe from McAllen, Texas, where 7,000 confirmed COVID positive migrants have been released into the city since February, 1,500 in the last seven days? Well, I think it's important to note what's actually happening in McAllen. So there's actually been, uh, a, they signed a disaster declaration and approved setting up a temporary emergency shelter to provide a space to create an isolated space to mitigate uh, this issue. And what happens is uh, DHS, and this is the process of what happens, uh, the agency, one, we're continuing to enforce Title 42, uh, resulting first in the expulsion of the vast majority of those encountered at the border. Uh, we also, uh, CBP also provides migrants who can't be expelled under Title 42 uh, with PPE. They're required to wear the PPE. If any exhibit signs of illness in CBP uh, custody, they're referred to local health systems for appropriate testing, diagnosis, isolation, and treatment. And obviously, there are steps taken as needed, as this is uh, certainly evidence of. I think we got to keep chugging. Yeah, we got to keep moving along here. Run out of time. Kelly, go ahead. Yeah, somebody else. Uh, keep uh, Not you, Ducey. Not you, Ducey. Zip it, Ducey. Somebody get the muzzle for Ducey again. He keeps asking these tough questions. Uh, She's admitting there that, yes, we are, in fact, COVID-positive people. If they have symptoms, we give them PPEs. What if they don't have symptoms? I thought COVID could spread without symptoms. Didn't we? Did we not go through an entire year of being lectured about asymptomatic spread? You heard that, right? I heard that. Asymptomatic spread. You can spread it. You don't even know you have it. Now, apparently, illegal immigrants can. If you cross the border illegally, you somehow can only spread it if you have symptoms. So asymptomatic spread has been cured. That's amazing. Hey, yay, science. Secondly, now, what good is it to give them PPE if they're displaying symptoms if you're just going to release them into the community? All you're going to do is potentially spread it. How are you going to monitor them? Make sure they keep wearing the PPE. What if they don't? What if they take off their mask? This is why I get frustrated at the idea that they are going to try to put vaccine passports into place and require that you've got to show paperwork and a card before you're allowed to go into a restaurant or a movie theater. But all these people can cross the border 5,000 a day, be COVID positive. They get a free mask and that's it. And that's it. And they'll bring COVID into these communities. And now we know Delta, you can give it to vaccinated people too. And But you and I have to show paperwork now if we want to go and enjoy these beautiful, wonderful things. And somehow that's okay. I don't understand how that's okay. And all these vaccine passports that are going on, 
what what how, how are you going to make sure that these vaccine cards are not fugazis? How are you going to make sure of that? Because I think the first thing you're going to see is a black market for vaccine cards. Those little CDC cards you get when you're the first thing you're going to see is a black market for those. And, and if the state comes out with their own thing, you'll see a black market for that. Whenever you put in these kind of ridiculous rules, there's always going to be a workaround to it. Always. Jen Psaki was asked today, actually, about uh, how they're going to police vaccine passports. Uh, private sector businesses around the country and other kinds of institutions that are setting requirements for vaccines and so forth. What guidance are you offering for how uh, small businesses police that? If you're in a restaurant situation where you have uh, you know, wait staff or proprietors who would be challenging their own customers, what guidance does the, the federal government have for how this should be measured? And- you mean vaccine verification and how it's approached? Um, you know, one, we, um, you know, do support efforts to incentivize workforces, of course, to protect their workforces and get more people vaccinated. We want to ensure that it's done in a transparent way, that it's done in an equitable way, that if there are verification requirements, it can be done digitally. There are a range of ways to provide the information. So there are basic guidelines along those lines that uh, we have conveyed and we will continue to convey as people have questions. And we understand different localities and communities will apply apply uh, any verification measures in different ways. I got an idea. How about you verify people crossing the border? Huh? How about that? There's an idea. Throwing it out there. Just trying to help. I'm just trying to help, honestly. We, we, we are dealing right now with people coming into this country, 5,000 a day, and then throwing them into the wild. It's a terrible thing to do. It's also not good for their public health and safety, too. I don't know if anybody's bringing that up or not. Suddenly, we don't care about that anymore. We should care about it, right? But if you want to go out to dinner, you better show your paperwork. You better show your papers. I think it's um, infuriating to a lot of people. Smart, funny podcast. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Indeed it is. Have you subscribed yet? Hit the subscribe button, please. Hit the like it. Subscribe to it, please. I appreciate it very, very much. It's important to do. Ah. Well, at least we haven't had Phil Murphy yell at anybody today. But the day is young. That's that's the thing. We've had enough people yelling at us. We don't need any more people yelling at us. Any more lectures? I don't want to get duct taped to my seat. How about you? Do you want to get duct taped to your? I, no, we don't need this. Now, I mentioned to you earlier that uh, I was going to talk a little bit about China today. And all of these companies that continue to do whatever China wants them to do, it really concerns me. Because right now we're dealing with, again, a situation where China has sealed off cities and God only knows what else is going on over there. They lie to the world. They've been lying to the world since day one of COVID, actually since way before day one of COVID. And Marco Rubio came out and said China has weaponized America's own corporate lust for profits. And he went on about how all these corporations, whatever it is that China wants from them, they do. They'll, they'll suppress speech. They'll take down products. They'll, they'll edit movies. Whatever they want to do, it it doesn't matter to them. If China wants them to do it, they'll do it. And I mentioned you that Jimmy Quinn at National Review had written this uh, piece on the faces of corporate America's capitulation to China. Just a little bit about some of the things that's been going on. Like, for example, Hilton constructed a hotel on top of a demolished Xinjiang mosque right outside of the concentration camps where the Uyghurs are being held. Yeah. Over the past couple of years, Delta has apologized after listing Taiwan and Tibet as countries on its own website. You remember John Cena apologizing in Mandarin Chinese for saying Taiwan was a country? 
The NBA and other companies also have put up facilities near the concentration camps where the Uyghurs are being held. Eastman Kodak just issued its own craven apology for obliquely, obliquely treading into the Xinjiang debate. Because the Uyghur genocide that's going on and some of the most disturbing assaults on human dignity that are going on there, rape, torture, other heinous crimes, all happening there. And you've got American companies, Airbnb, Intel, Visa, all these companies right now supporting the Beijing Olympics. Why are we not boycotting the Beijing Olympics until China frees people? Why are we not doing that? All these companies that wind up boycotting states in America all the time. But they never seem to want to boycott China. Just think about that. Airbnb. Airbnb, there was news that broke that Airbnb listings in China explicitly banned people of certain minority ethnicities, including Tibetans and Uyghurs, from making bookings. Now, could, could you imagine if Airbnb in America right now, well, they're, they're one of those woke companies that if there's a law passed in a state they don't like, they won't let anybody rent in that state. They'll teach them a lesson, but they'll practice their own discrimination in China if that's what China wants. It's the hypocrisy of woke capitalism is what it is. And Senator Tom Cotton called out Coke on this point. But there's so much money to be made over there that the problem is that they don't really care about being called hypocrites. What they care about is losing Chinese money. Coca-Cola lobbied against the bill. You know what that bill was called? The Uyghur, excuse me, the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. New York Times reported last year that Coca-Cola is one of three companies that lobbied against the bill. When uh, Representative Michael Steele, Michelle Steele, excuse me, elicited an interesting answer from the Coke executive about this, uh, this, this issue, he said, industry-leading due diligence program, which covers Coke's operations around the world, said we are founded and headquartered in one country, and that's the United States. While we are concerned about allegations of human rights abuses anywhere in the world, we will always be most active and engaged in policy issues here at home. So now they, they ask the, the CEO, the, the Coke executive, they go, wait, wait a second, wait a second. So, so now you'll, 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 you'll speak out about Georgia's voting law, but you'll refuse to withdraw funding for the Beijing Olympics? Senator Tom Cotton said, you're spending millions of dollars to sponsor the genocide Olympics, yet you will not opine on any matter about it. Yet you'll stick your nose in, in, in the Georgia law. Why, why won't you speak about China? Of course, he wouldn't answer him. And it goes on. I mean, there's so many companies that do this. But doesn't that also show you something about why we can't get the truth about anything that actually happens in China? I mean, right now we're dealing with China being locked down again. We just have to take their word for it that everything's fine. It's just a Delta variant. Even though this has not hurt any country on Earth, no matter it's apparently hurting China, we got to take their word for it. And if anybody questions it, well, zip it. Zip it. (laughs) And now I'm being told by people that are that are concerned about what's going on in China. Don't worry about it. Just get vaccinated. Well, I am vaccinated and I'm worried about it. And the reason why I'm worried about it is because the variants that are happening around the world are happening in countries around the world where they have low vaccination rates. Is there a new variant in China? Is that what's happening right now? Fauci warned us. He said there's going to be something worse than Delta coming. Is it in China right now? What's our early warning system? What's going on there? How do we find out? How do we know what's going on there? What is the way that we can figure it out? I got to go make pizza dough, by the way. The reason why is because I have my wood-fired pizza oven. There's no better way to make pizza than with a wood-fired pizza oven. 
But before I wrap up this podcast for the day, I want to just let you know that Jen Psaki was asked today if the Biden administration, if the president's going to call on Cuomo, I mean, literally call him and say, uh, hey, Gov, uh, you got to go. Will he do that to the governor? This is what Psaki said today. As the situation with Governor Cuomo is playing out, uh, with that said, it's a critical time for the state and country with the surge of the Delta variant. Will the president pick up the phone and personally insist to the governor that for the good of the state, it's time to step down? The president's addressed this, and I have no uh, planned calls to preview or predict for you. The president's addressed this. I got nothing more to say. I have something to say as an Italian. The cultural excuse that Governor Andrew Cuomo gave about why he he was touching people, it doesn't really work out very well when you consider for a moment that Andrew Cuomo was suggesting that you can stick your hands up a woman's shirt and do like a little, uh uh-uh. You can do that because it's a cultural difference. I can tell you, as an Italian... No one in my family has ever done that. We've never done that at a party. We've never done this at a family event. It's never happened before. But you have to understand the cultural differences. And that's the difference, right? That's just what it is. Times have changed. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you just have to say something like, I now understand that there are generational and cultural perspectives that frankly, I hadn't fully appreciated before. If someone had told me culture had changed, you can't put your hands up a woman's shirt, I would have said, okay. But no one told me, now I know. The cultural mores and norms have changed. But I do this with everybody. I stick my hands up men's shirts too. I put my hands up there and I go, look at your hairy chest. And I wonder if they've got nipples on their rings on their nips like I have allegedly. That's, oh, guy's so gross, isn't he? Cultural perspectives have changed. I hadn't fully appreciated that, but now I know. Now I know not to do that. If they had told me before that that was wrong... He's actually pulling a George Costanza, if you think about it. Remember when George and the cleaning lady in the office, and he said, was that wrong? Should I not have done that? I got to be honest with you. If somebody told me that was wrong, Cuomo's kind of doing that too. Was it wrong? Should I not? Well, only, of course, he does it in his own stupid way. Was that wrong? Because look at my slideshow. You can clearly see I'm doing it to that guy, that guy over there, the other guy. Did anyone tell me not to do it? No. Now I know. You should have told me earlier. All right, that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Please share with a friend. Like it. Give it a good rating if you would, too. I got a lot of trolls coming after me, as you would expect. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.